0: Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash FedCyber. That's aka.ms slash FedCyber.
1: So, Bangladesh Bank was uh, a watershed moment for the the financial industry.
0: That's Dr. Adrian Nish, head of cyber threat intelligence at BAE Systems. His team has been tracking a new cyber-enabled bank heist in Asia. Some of the tools used are reminiscent of the Bangladesh Bank attack from February
1: 2016. It was a case where attackers had managed to do an APT-style intrusion. Uh, both into the bank and then into their payment system. And rather than, than a classical APT case of uh, stealing information, this was all about stealing money. So the attackers, when they were on the, the payment system, attempted to transfer about 950 million US dollars uh, from Bangladesh Bank's account in the Federal Reserve in, in New York to accounts in Sri Lanka and the Philippines. Not all of that was successful. They got about 81 million US dollars. Uh, but the other interesting thing was they deployed uh, quite sophisticated malware to cover their tracks, so basically tampering with the uh, the local uh, Swift server that the, the bank were using uh, in order to delete the evidence efficiently and uh, and basically cover up their tracks. Uh, and this was the first time we or others in the community had seen anything like this deployed, and it, it was, a I guess, a forewarning for, for what was to come in the, in the months uh, going forward from that.
0: And this was attributed to the Lazarus Group. What can you tell us about them?
1: The name uh, Lazarus is, is one that came from a, a white paper that was uh, released last year, which which detailed this threat actor that's been in operation probably about a decade. Uh, and they've got a long history of attacks against South Korea, uh, but also some high-profile cases, such as the Sony Pictures attack in, in 2014. And Sony Pictures were, were, of course, producing a movie in 2014, depicted the assassination of a North Korean leader, uh, and this group got into Sony Pictures' network, destroyed a large number of of machines across the network and released sensitive emails in order to to embarrass their executives. Uh, The group has since been linked to attacks on, uh, for example, media companies in the UK, plus, of course, the the string of um, bank intrusions and uh, cyber heist activity. We don't have any smoking gun evidence about who's behind it, but uh, you know the, the links back to North Korea are certainly significant.
0: And so when did this new attack first come on your radar?
1: We heard about this, um, uh, I believe it was the 6th of October, so just a few days after the uh, attack happened, uh, initial reports came out in uh, local media in Taiwan uh, about a, uh, a bank having suffered a heist and, and also then uh, ransomware being deployed on, on the bank's network, and I guess over the, the, the days after that, it became a bit more clear that, again, this had involved an uh, attack on the, the local SWIFT system within SEIB, uh, the, the bank in Taiwan, and, uh, and, and the ransomware component had actually been just a, a cover-up or a distraction for, uh, for that attack uh, yeah. against the SWIFT system.
0: So take us through step-by-step. Step. What did you all discover here?
1: Well, like in, in the case of uh, Bangladesh, we, we weren't actually hired to, to do the uh, investigation. How we uh, got the evidence was through uh, samples of malware that had been uploaded to uh, malware repositories, so virustotal.com. So somebody in, uh, in, in Taiwan doing the investigation uploaded these to, to check if they get detected by antivirus. And once they're uploaded, they're available for researchers. So we had some filters and did some searches, were able to identify this this malware that had been uploaded, linked it back to to taiwan and and pulled it apart to understand exactly what had what had gone on.
0: So describe for us what are some of the uh, bits of malware that you found?
1: so there's this kind of two main components there's uh, this ransomware component that that i, I mentioned earlier and and this is very interesting. it's it's very typical sort of ransomware. and we're still not sure if it's something the attackers have coded, or perhaps they've uh, they've purchased it online, um, and in basically they they hard coded the credentials, administrator credentials for uh, the bank's network into the malware and used it to spread across the uh, across the network. Uh, and we think it's just a smokescreen. So after they uh, they've done the the bank heist, they they send this malware uh, across the network, creates a lot of noise distracts the, uh, the local security team uh, and gives the attackers more time to get away with the uh, money laundering aspect of the heist uh, and then the second components are of what link it back to this uh, Lazarus threat group so these were um, uh, remote access tools which we'd seen in other activity in cases we'd investigated last year and indeed a case this year in in Poland which we were also able to link back to to the Lazarus group probably just used for remote access, but, but almost certainly part of this uh, this bank heist.
0: So can you describe to us uh, what did these uh, files contain?
1: Uh, so the ransomware component basically has um, a, a dropper, so this is what's used to load the, the ransomware uh, and also helps it to spread across the network. So it's got the, the hard-coded credentials. The ransomware itself will pop up a message uh, demanding payment in Bitcoin very similar to, to other ransomwares that we've, uh, we've investigated. Uh, the interesting thing with the remote access tool that we, we investigated uh, is that it actually contains commands that are uh, written in uh, Russian language mm-hmm. uh, and we think it's a false flag uh, by the attackers so there's no good reason to use these particular words. They uh, put them in probably to, to try and mislead researchers uh, we're pretty confident, though, that the the code links back to the, the Lazarus threat group.
0: And so in terms of uh, being able to uh, get in and uh, infiltrate the SWIFT system, what was going on there?
1: There's not a lot in, in the public domain about exactly what happened, and, and it may be that more information comes to light as the investigation unfolds. But what we'd assume is something similar to um, what happened in Bangladesh, which is that yeah, the attackers would have had administrator level credentials, and, and we know that they did. We can see that in the uh, in the ransomware. And with these admin credentials, they can move on to the the Swift server, uh, assuming there's no uh, segregation in the network, uh, so they can use those credentials to access the the environment. And then in Bangladesh, what they did was they actually subverted some of the payment systems so rather than just using the legitimate functionality that's there. They use those administrator credentials to actually modify parts of the, uh, of the software that's running, use this to, to subvert it, uh, send the payments, cover up the, the evidence of what happened. This group is also pretty efficient at uh, deleting evidence after themselves, so they, they, uh, they'll often use uh, cleanup tools to, to hamper the, the forensic investigation, so wiping out some of their previous malware, some of their log files, uh, deleting event logs, all this sort of, all this sort of stuff.
0: And have they been successful in getting away with the cash?
1: It doesn't seem so. Um, the the bank, to their credit, they uh, they must have realised that the the ransomware was a smokescreen and uh, and that the cyber heist was in fact the the real attack. We don't know exactly what happened, but we we would imagine they got in touch with the beneficiary banks where the the money had been sent to uh, and had the money frozen before anybody was able to move it. Interestingly, um, there are reports in the public domain of uh, an individual in Sri Lanka who was arrested, attempting to, uh, to cash out some of the, the money. Now, we don't believe that this is necessarily one of the, the kingpins behind the uh, attack. It's, it's possible that uh, this individual was being uh, manipulated by the, the real attackers, uh, a, a so-called money mule to, uh, uh, or intermediary to move the money.
0: So what are your recommendations uh, to help uh, people protect against this sort of thing?
1: So lots of uh, usual security hardening um, recommendations such as controlling admin access, segregating networks, plus some kind of longer term recommendations around pen testing, using the techniques that these attackers are are, are known to deploy uh, and also looking at uh, Swift's customer security programs. so there are uh, twenty seven controls. Uh, program, uh, which all banks who are using um, systems will have to attest to by the end of the year. The recommendations are based off of uh, real attacks that have been investigated and the findings and are very useful advice for uh, organizations that that need to harden their environments now.
0: I was interested, um, one of the bits of malware that you analyzed contained um, a polyglot file. Can you describe to us what that is and, and how that worked?
1: Yeah, so uh, the attackers in um, the ransomware component, they have this two-stage, so a a dropper or spreader which is used to spread the malware around the network, and that uses the the hard-coded admin credentials, Uh, and then it loads the payload, and the payload they've uh, obfuscated within a uh, a bitmap image, so again, it's probably unnecessary to to do it. It, it. the, the malware author may believe this makes analysis more more difficult, and, and it, that's probably true in the case of automated analysis systems. But a uh, skilled malware analyst would will, will easily be able to spot that this wasn't a legitimate bitmap, and they can they can pull the um, the payload payload out of the the file from there.
0: In terms of uh, the sophistication of this group, um, what's your estimation? How sophisticated are they?
1: Yeah, this is always a Difficult point to rate attackers on, on sophistication. I, I would say they've got strengths and weaknesses. Uh, certainly some of their strengths are how they clean up the evidence after themselves. They, they seem to put a lot of effort into deleting uh, both their own malware from the system, any logs, any output, plus any, like I said, event logs or other uh, artifacts from, from disk. However, they, they don't use zero-day exploits. Uh, they don't use rootkit malware. There are elements of their attack that are, are, are quite clever and make it difficult to uh, investigate. There are other aspects that, that are more basic by comparison to maybe high-end nation-state actors.
0: Our thanks to Dr. Adrian Nish for joining us. You can find the complete report about the Taiwan heist and the Lazarus tools and ransomware on the BAE Systems Threat Research blog. with Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com resilience.